Hello Break 80 Podcast. This is Tim Corlett, Top 100 Tim. So honored to be sitting down with, I think, golf's greatest female player and someone that doesn't get enough really credit amongst any golfer worldwide. And this is a question to come up later. Uh, but here with Annika Sorenstrom, and thank you so much for sitting down, uh, for being in our state in Minnesota and really giving back to the community. So I um, wanted to first start off with, with really why you're here. So uh, we had the opportunity to break 80 podcasts to play in the Annika Intercollegiate, which is the top 12 teams, correct? Correct. In the nation um, that come to the Royal Club here in Lake Elmo on the eastern side of the Twin Cities uh, to really be recognized in both almost a semi-leadership conference, um, a development conference, and uh, as being recognized as some of the top players uh, in, in the country. Um, what led into that? What was the genesis of, of this event? Because I mean, we're, we're a long ways from, from where you are in Orlando right now. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, from a mile standpoint, it might be far away, but I don't think from a heart standpoint, um, I, have, um, I have a lot of great memories from from this area. Um, Minnesota is a little bit of a Swedish, uh, I guess, heritage, right? You can say cultures and a lot of Swedes came here a long time ago. But uh, no, I've been, it's been great uh, to come here. It's a golfing uh, state, a golfing city. And, uh, you know, with my tie with Lake Elmo and redesigning the, the Royal Golf Club with Anna Palmer a few years ago. And now we're hosting the Annika Intercollegiate here, which is one of the few... Um, Initiatives. We have the Annika Foundation. As you said, we host 12 of the top Division One teams here. Uh, it's become a big annual thing for us, um, obviously celebrating women's golf and and providing playing opportunities for them. So it's great to be back, and uh, especially this time of year, it's beautiful. Absolutely. Definitely caught it on a great weekend. Uh, sunny and 70s for the Monday through Wednesday now. Um, wondering, as the tournament wraps up, Known for being a Shire player when you first started out, mm-hmm. are you making the requirement that the first through third places give speeches just to, <laughs> just to make sure there's no holding back on the course? Yeah, there's no holding back. Um, no, that's a that's a good idea. Maybe we should. Uh, I mean, obviously the tradition in golf is that the winner will give the winning speech, and um, the previous winners they have done such a great job uh, in the past, and I'm sure this year's winner will do equally as as well. Um, but you know, we try to um, you know, in addition to provide a great tournament it's it's more than golf that's our tagline so we've had some great little seminars you know um talking sessions and and then also getting a chance to go um watch the twins play and um our pre- last year's winner amanda will throw out the first pitch and um and then we'll we all be singing um what's the the song i'm not a baseball historian but um Oh, the seventh inning yes, seven. Yeah, yeah. We'll be out there going to the ball game. I guess that's what we're going to be be part of. So it's just a fun tradition to do more than just playing the competition. Uh, these teams get together. They get to hang out. They get to have some fun, and and we want to just provide something that makes this tournament a little bit more special. So we've transitioned from giving the speech to throwing out the first pitch. Which one would you rather do least? I, I think I'd rather do the public speaking. Well, I think you might have, but I uh, I think I still I was still focus on throwing the pitch or something a little bit more, you know, athletic or moving where I don't have to say too much. But I've learned. I've overcome a lot of my shyness uh, thanks to golf or thanks to kind of the situations that I've been thrown in or just 
grown or matured or whatever you want to call it. I guess we learn as we get older. And we sat next to Amanda yesterday mm-hmm. at uh, the kind of the pre-ceremony where we're eating lunch together and and I wasn't sure if she knew if she was throwing out the first pitch. It almost came as a surprise, or at least she looked that way. Any tips or tricks for, for really overcoming that shyness, breaking out of, of kind of those tough situations? Because you, I mean, you broke down barriers with your career. Well, thank you. No, I, I think, you know, all of us are just very different. You know, we have strength and we have weaknesses. And my weakness was always being super shy. I, I think I'm still shy at, at some point, but I think the game of golf has helped me overcome that by just, you know, being put in situations where you just have to learn the other side of, of winning. And I think, um, you know, that's just kind of what life is about, the lessons we learned. And and so, yeah, I think that's one of the things why our tournaments is more than golf. We, You know, we're not here necessarily to produce, you know, the next superstar, even though there's opportunity to be that. But it's more about developing as young players, young individuals, and giving back to the game. I mean, we had a, a junior golf day here where these players get a chance to interact with some juniors and share their passion, share their stories, share the technique. And, you know, it's all about giving back. And I think that's one of the, the attributes of the game that it's so strong is like we can do so much for the community so um you know we can all learn from different things and um i think amanda's going to do great i remember where the first time i threw out a pitch actually you know i stood on the mound and then i took a step forward and and when you take a step forward like then the ball just kind of went a little low so i hit it right in front of the you know the um the guy that was batting but um it's just it's just fun it's the camaraderie that we look for and the experiences that we look for and just we want the young ladies to have a good time absolutely and it, it certainly looked like that yesterday a mixture mm-hmm. of both the players coming out with with us the amateurs that were here but also corralling the kids on the short course and that was the coolest thing to do was to see all these smiling kids I shouldn't even say running because they were quite well behaved. I've, I've never seen 40 kids look look so enthused <laughs> all at one time without just having to herd them together. And it was it was a wonderful sight. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about your career, an illustrious one. You've obviously seen a lot of changes through that time. I'm wondering what some of those biggest advancements in golf in your time have, have been, whether it's the design of your own course uh, courses, I should say, one in South Africa as well, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good question. I mean, I think the golf, um, the sport has just grown tremendously the last 20, 25 years. I know that might sound like a long time, but it's it really is not that long if you think of how long golf has been around. But technology is certainly one of them. Um, it's, you know, it's about making it more fun, making it more forgiving, you know, getting the ball in the air and people just be able to enjoy it a little bit more. Um, I think, you know, you look at golf course design, it's, it's more, uh, designed for different golfers, uh, different skill level. Um, it's just making it more approachable for little anybody. Uh, I think we're all learning from what works and what doesn't work and how can we adjust it to today's living. It's, um... I mean, I obviously I'm super excited about women's golf and how far uh, girls golf has come. I mean, that's one of the reasons, you know, uh, with Annika Foundation, we spend a lot of time trying to inspire the next generation. But there's so many opportunities out there. And and again, it's not about, you know, creating superstars, but giving them a platform that they can use, you know, throughout their, you know, throughout their life, whether it's maybe 
you know, a scholarship at a university through golf. Uh, and then, you know, there's lots of things you can do within the game of golf. I mean, here we are sitting here in journalism, right? I mean, we're talking about golf. And then you look outside, you see superintendent, you see tournament staff, or you see just people working at the golf club. There's so much to do within the game of golf and in addition to playing. So I think just open up their eyes and and having these young girls do what they really enjoy the full of their passion and whatever that leads to so it's more about everything around it as a human rather than just focusing on you know the golfer mm -hmm. and i i should forgive my own ignorance because i started golfing at age 13 mm -hmm. by the time i was 13 it was 2003 and women's golf had already hit front page of sports illustrated every magazine and, and there you were and the <laughs> tiger was so mm -hmm. what i grew up with in golf was this absolute boom a lot of that was tailored towards the men's game. Are we starting to see the emergence of the women's game get to that level then and through through the Annika Foundation? I think we're all making progress. I mean, as you know, it's a team effort, uh, different initiatives. Uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of good initiatives here in this country, whether it's the Annika Foundation, LPGA's Girls Golf, or, you know, P PGA League, or you mentioned, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, things like First Tee, and I think all those collective um you know, programs are really important to be able to attract, you know, young kids around the world to to play this game or pick up the game. I think the biggest issue that we're really having is how do we maintain the participation rate? We always focus on, okay, let's start. So people start, but then it's like, how do we retain it? How do we get people to stay in the game? So um, I think that's kind of the, the million dollar question, but it, it's, uh, you know, if we can tailor it more to what people's needs are today, maybe, you know, instead of focusing so much like on the course, I mean, I, we used to talk about golfer, then you have to be on the golf course. Now we have, um, so many other things. I mean, for example, Top Golf. Top Golf is a great initiative to an, an introduction to the game. Right? You might not have ever swung a golf club, and you go there, and you almost feel like you hooked because it's more of the social aspect of it. So I think that there are lots of different ways to grow the game and get more people enthusiastic about it, and then hopefully that will lead to people coming out and, and playing the game. Um, but yeah, no, I'm. I I just love the fact that there are more young girls playing. You know, 15 years ago it was less than 20 percent of juniors were girls, and today uh, we're talking about 36, 37 percent of all juniors in this country that are girls. So we're seeing the young girls, you know, getting into the game, staying in the game, and of course I think the LPGA is doing an excellent job. You know, they're growing their fan base, and purses are getting bigger. We're playing um, what I would call, you know, just premier courses like bucket list courses for many you know the u.s open was just held at um, pebble beach and i mean it's great to see um you know the ladies getting a chance to create history on these historic places and i think that's drawing in some fans so yeah um i think the lpga and women's golf is doing well we can do more we can do better but it's certainly going in the right direction i would even argue that just because of some of the differences that are played from a total yardage perspective the women are getting to play the better courses. There's <laughs> such an infrastructure and such a premiere to the length of the men's game that you leave off what are some of the best design courses in the entirety of the world, in the U.S. especially. So uh, I I cannot wait to see where, especially the majors go in the next you know four or five years with their rota that they have together. Um, but almost impossible odds coming up. We're talking about the reemergence or the emergence of the women's game. Thirty-seven percent of new junior golfers being uh, being girls what 
what advice do you have as someone that really battled the odds and they're not the majority yet they're, they're still the minority of golfers coming up what advice do you have to that that female golfer that's trying to really break in or, or find it to the next level of the game yeah i think uh, you know when you look at boys and girls i mean there's lots of differences of course but i think one of them is how do girls interact in a sport how do they approach a sport and what's important to them and i think within the girls divisions you will see more the camaraderie the friendships like they need a buddy they need a friend they want to have something so um i think it's really important to you know to make sure that we don't just approach it at this is like one way to do it um i feel like more girls join you know the game if they have a friend and keep that more social aspect of it and i think that's really what we got to keep doing is it's not something that's going to happen overnight Uh, i think it's just something and to make them feel comfortable whether it's the friendship or maybe the fashion or maybe the the social aspect i think it's really important um so it's going to continue to work on it i mean it takes time and um but you know, I feel like the LPJ and like all junior girls are just, it's in good, good shape. It really is. And I mean, now it's, you know, I remember when I start playing is, you know, I had uh, cut down men's clubs. I had extra, extra small men's shirts. I had like extra, extra small men's hats. And now it's more like, it's, you know, it's made for women too. And so you feel like you somehow have a little bit of belonging. It's not just, okay, let's put a pink head cover on and, and this is for women. And I know it sounds funny, but that's really how it was. And But now women are involved in the design and the programming and the planning. And I think it just makes a difference feeling like this This was meant for me too and I can do it. And I think, you know, a lot, a lot of women can really, you know, uh, a little later in their lives really be able to play and and continue that friendship and the you know being active and being out there and moving i think it just has so many benefits that i think we can teach early on and then it just kind of like okay i'll play golf before i can do it again i think golf's getting cool right it's, <laughs> it's this it's not stuffy it's not country clubs anymore there's, mm-hmm. there's all these flashy colors and the the swedes and the norwegians just just do it the most colorful <laughs> yeah maybe so we're talking about breaking down barriers. We're talking mm-hmm. a little bit about the difference in men's and women's. I want to get rid of the barrier, right? All right. Tiger Woods, Jack Nicholas, Sam Snead, you've got 90 international wins. <laughs> Do we put you ahead of Tiger? <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm super proud of my career and what I've done, and I've certainly achieved so much more than I ever thought I could. Um, I mean, I joined the tour. I didn't know if I can win a single golf tournament. And, you know, but it just, it turned out the way it did. And I look back at my career and I'm, again, proud and honored. And, and you know, to be where I am today, where I can get back to the game of golf through, you know, through my foundation or through the different initiatives I'm involved with. It's just, it warms my heart to be able to say thank you to the sport that have taken me to all these places and all the people I've met and you know I don't really sit down and and compare my wins with others I mean what Tiger has done for the game is just tremendous and just watching him is so exciting and has brought a lot of people into the game and I think that every player has you know responsibility to do something for the game you know whether it's you know playing well or or working you know at a golf club or community or first tee or just volunteering at a high school or whatever I mean I think we all can do what we can and do what we enjoy and and make a difference I mean there's no sport like golf and you can play it all year uh, all you know all your life and and bring people in I mean not too long ago I just played with 
my dad, he's 82, and uh, our son is, is 12, and then I'm 52. You literally got three generations in one group, and I'm trying to think of what other sport can you really do that and, and still be somewhat competitive. I mean, of course, we play different tees, and, but that's the beauty of it, and we can go out there and have a good time and spend quality time together and, and converse and, 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 and just enjoy it together. So um, that's why I'm in one of the reasons I'm such an advocate of the game, but then also just, you know, just appreciative where I am and, and trying to make it uh, leave the sport in a better place. You mentioned going out with your, your father, who's 82. Is he shooting his age? <laughs> um, he's close. Yeah, he's close. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's um, he's moving forward. The tees are getting a little closer. But, you know, that's besides the point. I mean, I'm just, you know, happy that he can be out there. And he actually caddies sometimes for our son. And it's just, it warms my heart to, I mean, just to think of, you know, my parents, um, introduced us to the game and I remember being a young girl and my parents have these pool carts and we would sit on the cart like it was some pony um, and just you know be introduced to the game and then get ice cream at the turn and all the things that you do as a parent to you know spark the interest of the game and then then I think of my career and then I look at our son and go you know what it's it's kind of coming through generations and my husband's dad was a really good player he played on the PGA tour and the champions tour so obviously golf is in in our blood and and to see that it's carrying on through the next generation is just it's really cool how, how did Will shoot today so yeah he plays in u.s kids which i think first of all is a great initiative another one that just sparks the interest of young kids he um he shot six over yesterday uh he's 12 years old and i was caddying so um he missed a few putts but of course it's it's the caddy's fault right so um but no it's just fun i mean again you know being a parent walking around with your kid and creating memories I, it's it's not about the score it's more about you know something you, you look back and you go wow that was really neat I'm glad you brought that up because wanted to ask most memorable round, and I know that you shot both a 59, mm-hmm. and obviously you set you set history with your your round of Colonial, uh, but wanted to see what your most memorable round of of your career was. Yeah, um, I do think. I mean, if you just single out a round, uh, there's no doubt the 59 is the round. Um, when I think about my career and different memories, I mean, Colonial is, I mean. It's certainly a top three because, I mean, obviously Hall of Fame and Soham Cup and winning U.S. Open is is not too shabby either. So it's hard to kind of pick one. But, um, you know, now when I'm, you know, this chapter in my life, I, I would say that having kids and, and the combo of playing would be when I won the uh, U.S. Senior Women's Open um, two years ago because our kids were there. My husband was on the bag and you know, I I had retired and I wasn't going to play anymore. And then life kind of takes different turns. COVID came and golf was one of the few things you can do. And then our son is into golf. And then turning 50, I thought, you know what, I should really support the USJ. That's kind of where my career started. So it was like, okay, well, let's practice a little bit. And then, um, and then I, I just, it was one of those weeks when things clicked and, and to have my family there to witness it and be able to hold a trophy with me, it's, that feeling was very, very special. What led you into creating the Annika Foundation then? We, you talked a little bit about the different roles that mm-hmm. you've played in golf, um, helping to be a, a role model or, or saying that, almost suggesting, pick up the mantle when it's given to you, right? Everyone has this role from the golf pro to the superintendent to even myself. On talking on a podcast, 
where has that changed in your life? Are there different chapters when you think about Annika and, and golf? Yeah, I think, you know, you just kind of, you know, evolve and you take different paths. You know, your journey takes you in different directions. And that's the beauty of the game. You, there's always something. Um, but I do know that, you know, I, I thought about the foundation before I, you know, stepped away in 2008 was my last year. And... Um, but it was just more, it wasn't as defined as it is now. It was more just, it was very broad. It's, you know, all these things, you know, girls golf, international golf, you know, grow the game, all those things. You just kind of throw them in a mixer and then, and then you blend it and out comes the concept. And so it has evolved, of course. I mean, now it's 15 years later and, you know, we've been able to give back $8 million to the sport. You know, we have, you know, we like to say we inspire over 600 girls every year. Um, we have many, many, over hundreds that play either on the LPGA or the Epson Tour. And, um, you know, we're given an award, which is part of this tournament here, the Annika Intercollegiates, which is presented by Stiefel. And just to celebrate the success of these young girls. Um, but, you know, that comes with, you know, with throughout what, kind of like again the path you take it leads you to something but it's been really a great journey and and we're going to continue and uh, make a difference if listeners here in minnesota are interested in helping out how can how can they do that with the annika foundation yeah i mean if you're here in minnesota you should come and check these girls like we like you said we have uh, 12 of the top teams in the country um, there's five players on each team and they are the very top of collegiate golf but you know if this doesn't work this week obviously it's the last minute but you know annikafoundation.org um, it talks about our mission and what we're trying to achieve the different things that we do uh, you can volunteer you can donate you can spread the word you can do whatever i mean i think you know i always tell everybody this is a, a team effort you know we couldn't do it without the team that i have for the foundation or you know this particular week at the venue with the royal golf club and the staff here and then the co the coaches and the teams and um, people like yourself that like to bring you know attention to what we do and because in the end of the day it's you know it's all about the girls golf and how can we make it better stronger um and you know and brighter absolutely so the the next nine questions are just rapid fire they're, okay they're just quick nine questions some won't even be fitting but it's something mm -hmm. I like to throw in at the end of this uh first one is what's in the bag what's the favorite club in the bag um yeah i mean i love my wedges so yeah every day uh what's the current handicap if you carry one oh, uh good question i mean i shoot around well around par maybe one under, two under, maybe one over. So yeah. So if you're gonna go for there, I mean, I would, um, I would. If you were gonna bet with me, that's. Um... Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> um, draw or fade? Um, I prefer draw. Okay. Uh, strongest point of your game right now? You feel like? Um, I would say you know my hundred yards and in is pretty good. Okay. Yeah. The wedges. The wedges. And then the weakest point. I know it was. Your driving accuracy was unbelievable. How was that not number one? I know. I, I like driving, too. I would say putting has been my weakness lately. Um, it's just this game is um, constantly, you know, challenging us. Will might have to get a new caddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, a golf hole that gives you nightmares. Um, you know, I, I love Pebble Beach, but there's a stretch there. Eight nine and ten are probably one of the toughest holes out there i think 
they they are certainly daunting favorite course um i would say pine valley um beautiful classic yeah top notch and then one odd thing in your bag, whether it's a, a superstition, a ballpark, <laughs> or something that's been in there for, for ages, it seems. Yeah, so I'm not superstitious, but um, I do have routines, which some people might think is the same thing. But I've had a horseshoe in my golf bag for a long time. Um, don't really know why you got in there, but, you know, horseshoes are for good luck, so I'm keeping it. It's a full horseshoe? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I'm sure my caddy's happy. A little extra weight. Yeah, a little extra weight. And last one, I think we know the answer to this. But who knows? That was a competition round. Lowest score. <laughs> Soon to be my age, 59. Excellent. Thank you again for uh, for coming out. I suppose I'm at your venue right now at the Royal Club watching the uh, Annika Intercollegiate. Please, folks, if you have the availability to do so, check out this event. If it's not this year come out next year. It's absolutely wonderful to see these these women, um, these future leaders, these possible future pros play a golf course that you yourself can get onto as well. Annika, thank you for, for joining me today. And, of course. And uh, folks, as you know, the difference between 79 and 80 is everything. Maybe today's the day I break 80. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold Well, yeah, you hit it on one. Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Break 80.